This is Feminist Erotica, where we discuss the ins and outs of erotica writing. This week, Rachel Kramer Bustle returns with three incredible writers from Best Women's Erotica Volume 7, Erin McClellan, Angelina M. Lopez, and Adriana Herrera. Pick up your copy of Best Women's Erotica Volume 7 today, wherever books are sold. Enjoy! Princess, hello and welcome to season three. Eric, we made it. <laughs> it's so good. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see you. I'm so excited to be here. Also excited that we have such amazing guests with us and we're going to have them introduce themselves, starting with unofficial Feminist Erotica podcast co-host, Rachel, Rachel Kramer Bustle. I stumble over your name every time, Rachel. Oh my goodness. I know, I know you know what it is. So that's fine. Hi, I'm Rachel Kramer Bustle. I, well, I guess I'll start. I'm a feminist and I read and write erotica and I've, I've been writing erotica for a little over 20 years and I've been editing the Best Women's Erotica of the Year series for the last seven years. This is the seventh volume. Um, and I, I've worked with over 700 authors and I, I intend to continue until I get to a thousand authors and then hopefully still continue, but I really love working with authors I haven't worked with before. And, uh, I think that's it about me. You can, you can read more of my work online. Are you going to introduce everyone or do you want me to? Actually, could you introduce everyone? That's great. Yes. Sure. I am, I am meeting, I mean, virtually meeting these authors for the first time, but I feel like I know them because I've read a lot of their work. I guess I will go in alphabetical order. Adriana Herrera, is that how you say your name? Did I mess it up already? Adriana is how I say it usually just because that's the closer pronunciation to Spanish, but Adriana is fine because I get that one a lot too. No, no. <laughs> I guess you introduced yourself about what, what, because you've written a lot of books. I have. I feel like I've been writing the same one for my whole life because this year has been rough, but <laughs> I am Adriana Herrera. I am Afro-Dominican. I am a womanist more than I don't think anything else in my life. <laughs> and I write um, romance. I like to write Stories full of people who look and sound like my people getting unapologetic happy endings. This is what I do. Okay. Angelina M. Lopez, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, definitely. I'm Angelina M. Lopez. I write sexy contemporary stories about strong women and the worthy men who love them. That's like my tagline. So if it sounds really canned. I say it a lot, but it means a lot to me. And I've never gone on, I've never been, I said like, gone on something and said, I'm a feminist. And yet I definitely, I like, it's just great to be able to like, stand. yeah, I'm a feminist. That's where I'm leading with this and love that. So adore the opportunity to say that. The fact that I'm a feminist actually was the inspiration for my like debut. My shame about not being like a good feminist was like the reason I wrote my first book. So it came up with the idea. So no, I love that a lot. I have three books out and the Filthy Rich series is uh, all about Again, very strong women, very alpha heroines, and um, write high heat contemporary. I love the opportunity to write an erotica story for Rachel. Rachel contacted me soon after the first book, Less Money, came out, and I was just beyond thrilled. The idea of writing short and 
high heat was just such an honor. So yeah, super excited about that. And that's everything for now because I talk too much. So I'll stop. (laughs) And Erin McClellan. Hi, uh, I'm Erin. I write queer contemporary and erotic romance. Probably my most, the the series that I'm most known for is called the So Over the Holidays series, which is a set of romance novellas. They're kind of around different holidays, Christmas, Valentine's Day, uh, New Year's Eve, and then Independence Day. And yeah, I am originally from Oklahoma, but I live in Alaska. That's one of the things that people think is really interesting. So I always mention it. We have like moose in our backyard all the time, that type of stuff. Real hick stuff, you know. Alaska Hick. <laughs> so that's me. Awesome. And I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but having read some of all of your books, I mean, there's definitely feminist elements in every one that I've read, which I think is awesome as a reader. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. We're so excited to get into this conversation and to hear some from some of your works. And just thank you for being here again. So Rachel, I guess the first question is for you. And Princess, this was your question, so I'll let you ask it. So in the intro of the book, you say that the theme of the volume is surprise. And because, well, you dropped the stats over uh, 70 authors that you've worked with. No, you said 700. 700 total in all my books, yes. Numbers, doing numbers. So I can you put them all down in an Excel sheet? Because I mean, I obviously can't remember that many people, but okay. it's important to me to, to see it because I, I really want to encourage newer authors to submit their work to me. That was one of the reasons I wanted to say, like, don't think that you have to have credentials or, you know, credits or, or anything. You just have to write good erotica. Absolutely. Such a flex. Any editors listening out here, I need you to bring out your Excel sheets. Let me see your work. How many new authors you bring into the game? That is uh, that is so incredible. Can you talk a little bit about how you landed on the theme of surprise for this volume after all of the erotica that you've written? Is it did it come from like just wanting something new? I would say yeah. I mean, when I first started editing the series, the first I can't remember if it's two or three, but didn't have a the theme. And then I think it was the first three, and then I. I felt like a as an editor, it was it was easier to kind of pick stories once I knew that they were all supposed to have a theme, even if it was a really loose theme. And I think it's fun for the authors to try to fit a theme, and it it just helps me conceptualize it a little better and sort of explain to readers who might be picking it up, this is kind of what you can expect, but also there's something unexpected, and that unexpected element is really what I was looking for from the theme of surprise. Having been doing this for so long, I've read thousands of erotica stories and I wanted to be surprised. Like I wanted to not know what was coming and to to just kind of have it feel totally new again. And I also know that this series, especially there's a lot of readers who are avid erotica readers, but there's also people who are picking up erotica for the first time. And I try to cater to both of those audiences. And sometimes that's challenging because some people say, oh, these weren't dirty enough or these didn't go far enough. And you know, some people are coming from the romance world, whether they're following authors like the ones here today or other authors who are romance authors who, who kind of wrote either erotic romance or 
an erotica. Um, so, you know, it's that's a balance for me as an editor. And I also thought it would be fun to kind of just put a twist on surprise, because I think when we hear surprise, people think, you know, someone sexy or naked popping out of a cake or like there's kind of routine surprises, surprise tropes that people think of, but then there's really other kinds of surprises. And I think, you know, life can be kind of boring, especially, you know, last year, my life was pretty monotonous with lockdown and things. So I, I think the idea of being surprised in general, not just in this volume was, was appealing to me. And I thought it would also just intrigue readers to, you know, you have to read the book to find out what the surprises are. I love that. And I, I love the idea of it coming out of this last year, like to have pleasant surprises. We've all been surprised in the last 20 months, but to have pleasant, sexy surprises, like, yes, I will sign up for that. Surprise me with something that's not going to be horrible. I love it. And I, I also like to really encourage authors to push their own envelope, you know, to push kind of the boundaries of where they think they could go with their erotica and how they can play on a theme. One of the more tricky parts of my job is that I might get a lot of really amazing stories, but if they're too similar to each other, I wouldn't include them in the same book because I want to give readers variety. So I really wanted to just see what people came up with. That's another really fun part of doing a theme for me is the variety and the breadth of plot lines that authors come up with based on the same word or, or concept. You know, they go in so many different directions and I love that. Yeah. And you, you do say in the introduction that you were surprised, you were surprised and that that is not an easy thing to do, given how much you read. Were you surprised by what surprised you? So it's a good question. A, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's, for me, it's a challenge. Like I, I want to encourage authors, but that that's kind of selfish of me too, because I want, I do want to be surprised, even if the theme is not surprised. Like I never want to get bored doing what I do. And I feel like if I'm ever like, oh, I've, I'm just putting out the same kind of book over and over, then that's when I'll stop. But I think because there's always new authors coming into it and, and other established authors who are trying something different for themselves, you know, I think there's always new ways of approaching sex and whether that's like a new you know, a, sort of a fantasy or a sci-fi or like a whole new scenario or scenarios we've seen before, but just told in a different way. And I think surprise is an element of, it can be an element of a new partner and also with an established partner. And that is something I also wanted to explore because I think that's something that people can take away from erotica. I mean, aside from, you know, arousal and entertainment, I think there can be people can pick up, it's not the purpose of the book, it's not what I'm, the main purpose, but I think people can pick up maybe things to try in their own lives vicariously through the characters. I hope. Yeah. I wanna to speak to this because when she said surprise and then established couples, I was like, damn, like that's hard. As a writer, that's an int intense challenge. And it was such a great, I'm married 23 years this year. And so for me, it was embracing like the difficulty of marriages and all of this stuff that came with that. What is that? Can I get surprised? And that an established couple. And it, it was just this incredible challenge, the 
boundaries of a theme actually create all of this freedom within it to explore places you haven't seen before. And so I do want to commend Rachel on that because it was this great writing challenge surprise in our, and she had said, you don't have to go with, you know, we can play with that. But I was like, no, I'm going to embrace that. And it, it was a great writing challenge. And I really commend Rachel on coming up with that because it was super fun to play with. I mean, and you touch on something that I don't get as much of in my submissions and I would like to see more of. I think a lot of people are drawn to writing erotica about people who are just having sex with each other for the first time or or one of the first times. Because of course there's inherent drama going from not being lovers to being lovers. Of course that has its built-in kind of arc. And, And that totally has a place in erotica. But A, I don't want to publish 20 stories in a row of, of just that. And also, I think it is important to show established relationships, whether they're with two people or more than two people, and how sex and arousal and eroticism play a role in that, because I do think it's different, or can be different than the first time, in good or bad ways or neutral. But I want to show more of that in erotica for people who either are in long-term relationships or just want to read something different and, and I, th- I think especially for romance authors, it can be challenging because most romances are, are not, a, unless their exes, you know, are about going from being, you know, friends or strangers to, to that happily ever after. And I think in erotica, there's room to play with, you know, different relationship models. That was actually, you kind of answered my next question. So I want to pose it to Aaron and to Adriana. Like, how did you decide to incorporate surprise into the stories that you submitted for this? I don't know. I was like, I like a very specific, like, directive. So I appreciated how it was, like, surprise. I think I had been watching, like, Money by Cardi B, like, the video. (laughs) And I I write Afro-Latinas. Like, I always have an Afro-Latinx protagonist in my story. So... I was like, what if this is like a model who is like modeling like for Cartier or something? I came up with the title first. The title is Dripping, which is not too subtle, but it worked. And, And so my idea was like, what if this fat, like Dominican supermodel who is literally like dripping with diamonds and is in some kind of relationship with like the head of security for like the house. And so that was my, my idea. Like, I don't know, I thought it would be hot and I could use the title, which honestly for like a lesbian erotic short is just too good not to use. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's fun in these spaces. Cause you get to have these really, these ideas that occur to you that you're like, okay, I can't, it's probably not, I'm not going to turn that into a hundred thousand, 80,000 word book, but then to be able to like these one shots is just it's so, yeah. it's so awesome. Diamonds, like give me all the diamonds. Give me all the dripping, like just diamonds and everything. That's such a fun story too. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> For me, and it's so funny now because I think it's like, this is an even worse problem now, but it, I felt, I thought about a lot about the pandemic and the, you kind of feel like you're in a rut, right? And I know I have felt like I'm in a rut a lot during the pandemic. And so in routines and you get stuck in routines. And so that was kind of how I thought of it is like, what, what can happen that can pull you out of 
the routine that you have gotten yourself in. And so in my book, it's these like fuck buddies who are in a very set routine, right? They're only having sex when they go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which sounds, which also I'm like, I cannot imagine going to a concert right now. So like, I'm kind of horrified that I wrote that, but you know, they only have sex when they're in Tulsa, Oklahoma on their tour, they're uh, musicians. And so it's this very kind of specific regimented thing. And how do you break out of that? And so that's kind of how I, how I took it. And Erin, I just want to let you know that I graduated from Union High School. Erin and I are, I mean, I'm from Tulsa. Are you and really? her story comes right after mine. And so I was like, did I write, wait, what's happening? And then Kane's ballroom where she met, like, I was like, oh my God. It That's was, so yeah, I, I moved around a bit, but I graduated high school from Tulsa. I went grade school and high school in Tulsa. So yeah, it was really, <laughs> I never had good sex in Tulsa. I will just say that, like, never. <laughs> So thank God somebody did because it wasn't me. They're all making me want to do one where, you know, they're set in very specific towns or cities. And that would be awesome. That'd be a good one. That would be fun. If I do that, I will let you all know. Only layover sex. Like I've always wanted to read like an anthology of like layover sex. Just like people like, like you have 24 hours. Oh my God. That's awesome. I, that is the greatest. I would love to do that. You can oh, have that Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Karen, As someone who has recently been to two concerts, you know, after getting my booster shot, first of all, like, I think, I do think people during last year and, and now too, I mean, are reading romance and erotica for escapism and for just to feel something different than the same old thing. And I, and I think especially, you know, your story and dripping, there's the travel element. And I, I think people always enjoy reading stories that are set somewhere different. And, and I mean, Angelina, your story is very domestic. I think people also, you know, they're kind of two sides of the same point, you know, like how do you space things up domestically, especially when you're parents and there's all these demands on your time and attention and, energy and then also then in these other stories what does being away from home what kind of freedom does that make you feel sexually and and romantically if that's the case how does that affect your desire I I think those are always interesting topics both of those you know the domestic and the away from home elements absolutely and we have actual data that people love travel stories because Rachel, your, your piece that we did an episode. So I can't, what, do you remember the name of it? It's called flying solo. Yes. Yes. So we had a voiceover artist who's a dear friend of princesses read that piece. And we have these episodes called quickies that are literally just like readings of stories. And it is our most listened to is that still true, Princess? Yes. Like, by a lot. Number two is not even close. I, I mean, you can all go listen to that, that excerpt. But I mean, that story is about a woman in an open marriage who is traveling and her husband is, she, she basically picks someone up. Speaking of layover sex, she picks someone up at the airport and she has her husband listen in on them together. And I really love all like kind of just that voyeurism of from afar and the exhibitionism of that. And I'm kind of a sucker for anything involving more than two people, but where 
you know, where there's just something unusual, a little bit unusual happening. And I really love what I get to do because, you know, I've written a lot of my own erotica, but there's stories that I could sit at my computer for weeks on end and I would never come up with the scenarios that other authors create. So I love just how everyone brings their own way of looking at the world to a given theme. That is always exciting for me as a, just as a reader, not even as an editor. I am so excited about this conversation. This is such a good conversation. What's going through my head right now is number one. Okay, cool. So me soundtracking dripping to Cardi B was not a miss. That was exactly on brand. Fantastic. The fact that we have two Tulsaites in here and your stories were next to each other in the book. That's so good. I also had the question of why is this in Tulsa? Is Tulsa a sexy place? I've been through there. I did not get sexy vibes, but... (laughs) No, I'm from Oklahoma, but I'm technically not from Tulsa. I'm from the Oklahoma City area. And I have not actually been to Tulsa a lot, but every time I've gone, I've gone to a concert at Kane's Ballroom, which is kind of a a historic venue. So I like to to set things in Oklahoma because it's weird. Like, I think people are like, Oklahoma exists, does it? (laughs) It's just like such a weird kind of flyover state. And so I like to set things there. And obviously I'm from there, so it kind of makes it easy. But yeah, no, I wouldn't consider Tulsa particularly like hot. I just thought it was kind of fun to pick this venue that I like enjoyed going to whenever I lived in Oklahoma. I love that it had such this, the juxtaposition is exactly what you said, like is Tulsa sexy, but it was to these two people, or at least it it created this thing that they broke free of, which is how I feel about Tulsa. Like (laughs) it got away. Yeah. Cause I, I think that you're right that I it is like the breaking free of kind of this Tulsa routine that they have that is the point. And so I think it's almost like the antithesis of sexy. It's like they need to get out of that routine. And that's when it becomes better. What I like about is because it's like they're on the cusp, right? Now they get to be, take what they have to a different place. Yeah. Like, like literally. Right. <laughs> literally, yeah. To a good author can make anywhere sexy. Sometimes people ask me, oh, well, what, you know, I see your guidelines online, but what really are you looking for? Like, what's the secret thing I could do to my story to make you accept it? And like, I don't know what that is. You have to tell me, you know, like, I don't have a checklist of, I want this kind of story, this kind of story. I just want to entertain people and and give them as much variety as possible. So if yours is set on literally Mars, I have a book me on February where there's a story set on Mars, you know, like anywhere or any, anything. It could be people having sex with the lights off in their bedroom and they've been married for 50 years. And if you can write that in a way that pulls me in from the first sentence, I'm open to that. Really, it, it is going back to that idea of surprise and what you can do with within the boundaries of that. And, and really, I think you all did something totally different from each other. I've been writing erotica for a long time. Like that's how I became a writer. Cause <laughs> writing like very filthy 
gay things in college. And so to me, the best erotic is the one that's like a vibe. That like as soon as you like the first sentence and you feel the vibe of what it is, whether it's like mysterious, voyeuristic, filthy, raunchy, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's a vibe. So it's like it doesn't matter where you are. It's that it's that vibe that I think like really makes really great erotic for me, at least. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. like a connoisseur, but I have been exposed to a lot of it. Going back to that idea of couples or established people who have ongoing relationships, I really love seeing how those ongoing relationships progress through the course of, of a story and, you know, how their sex lives have changed if we, if we find that out. I think that's always really interesting because it's very human. It's very relatable. Not just that first new relationship energy or new whatever hookup energy, but like how that evolves over time and how each person grows separately and then together as a couple or as a partnership. Maybe the way I said it doesn't sound sexy, but within the course of the stories, I think I feel like as much as these are called erotica stories, there are elements of romance, even if there's not always a happily ever after in every story. But I think there is an emotional component to almost all the erotica I publish, even if it's super raunchy and, you know, filthy sex. I think to me, that is something that, that I gravitate towards as a reader. I think the thing that makes a great erotica story is that concept that somebody is being seen, whether they're being seen by a brand new person or whether they've seen being seen by somebody who's been seeing them naked for 20 years, but that acknowledgement of that basic element of you and that desire for it, you know, and it is, I mean, what makes those, in my opinion, what makes really great erotica stories is that element of being seen, craved, hated, but whatever, you're working with in terms of your heat and the chemistry, but it is, you see me, you acknowledge me and you want that in some fashion or another is, I think is the basis of, of great, great erotica is that acknowledgement of who you are and that desire for it, that base element of who you are. I love that. That's how you describe that Angelina. Cause I feel your story made me feel so seen. Cause like I have a six month old and it's my first kid and he's teething and it's a mess and Rachel talked about how, you know, your story is very domestic and it's about this couple that's trying to find pockets of time to be together and kind of rekindle that, that love and, you know, the desire and all that stuff. And there were moments when I was reading your story where I felt like, oh my God, like it like was hitting that soft spot in me a little bit oh where God. it's just like it. And so I, I think that it's so fun whenever you're reading erotica and you feel seen too. Yeah. Um, not just the characters feeling seen, but like as a person that you feel seen where it's like, you know, I could have spit up on me and I could have baby food on me, but like my partner might still think I'm sexy. And that's yeah. just like a, a really wonderful kind of recognition. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. That's really, that story, that is it was an opportunity that wouldn't have happened without Rachel. I'd had a scene in the scene where she's kind of hang her ass hanging yeah. off the bed because she's like passed out on the bed. Like she's so tired. She, I'd had that scene, but I didn't know how I was going to make it. And it was Rachel's concept. I was like, I think that's where I'm starting at that. It, it grew up into something else, but I'm so glad Denise Williams, who just came out with, Oh shoot. A failure to way to fall. Failure to fit. Fail to fall. Fastest way to fall. Is that what? Fastest way to fall. Yeah, yeah. She read the whole thing, and I think she's provided a blurb. But she, where 
friendly on social media and she Instagram me and she was like, your story made me cry. I was like, yes. <laughs> like it legit made me, yes. it made me tear up when I read it last night and I was like, oh my God, what's happening to me? <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> it's the pandemic. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's the concept that's really hard to explain. Like I teach erotica writing classes and people always want to know, you know, like how do, how do you describe sex? Like who put, whose hands there or mm-hmm. that and that is important too I mean you want the reader to be able to visualize what is physically happening but to me that humanity and that emotional aspect of it is what people will remember I mean they may also remember the hot text but I think that was is what makes it you know connect with people and and as an editor if there is one thing I look for it's some stories that are super fantastical that maybe could never happen because they're not possible on earth as humans or they just are unlikely like they're outlandish and fantasies and that's exciting and you know maybe it's silly or super sexy but but I also really do look for stories that are based in that feel like they could have happened to you know you or your neighbor or your friend whether that's dealing with like I've published stories about mental health about one of was a woman with agoraphobia and her lover helps her with that and that don't trivialize those real life issues and don't just, you know, make it okay, everything's okay because you had hot sex. That's, I don't think what Erotica is saying. I think it is stories like yours are saying, sex is a part of our lives, even when our lives are imperfect and challenging and how do people incorporate that and still find eroticism even when, you know, things are, are, are hard. And, you know, I think especially last year and this year, ongoing pandemic and struggles across the board for a lot of people, you know, I think we can still find like, you call it hot pockets, which I love the title that, that you landed on, that these pockets of time, I think that concept is really much more widely universal than just new parents, like in your story. I'll have you know that that funny enough, that title, my husband read the story and he was like, you should call it Hot Pockets. And I was like, no, I'm never going to. Okay, fuck. That's the greatest title ever. I don't know if I can say that on this podcast, but I was like, no, totally. damn it. So it was like, there was a true like husband and wife thing <laughs> happening in there, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I love it so much. And so this actually leads to my question for you, Angelina, which is like, why is it important to portray parents and parents who or in a sandwich generation of having children and having aging parents. And why is it so important to portray them as being sexual and erotic and having this connection with each other? You know, and it's exactly what Rachel was just talking about. It's not just that it's parents, it's that people that we, as a media, we, you know, we are flooded with these images of what is sexy and who gets to be sexy. And I do think we are doing the tiniest bit of work right now to break away from this very, you know, limited understanding of what sexy is. And, you know, one of the things we've just done so poorly in Western culture is to say that the head and the heart and the body are these three separate entities in our media and in our literature and in our, you know, our entire understanding of culture. We've said, you know, maybe the head definitely and maybe the heart, but the body stands way over there. And it's such a, it's just such a disservice to who we are as humans and who we are as human animals. And so it's bringing those together and it's acknowledging that the head, the heart and the body intensely work together, which is why I love romance in general, because I write about the three interactions and how closely they are in those relationships. 
but then it's acknowledging that the head, the heart, and the body works in every single one of us, no matter how we're doing it. And no matter if we do not fit into this very narrow perception of what sexy is in culture. So I, you know, I would definitely expand it beyond, you know, parents, but it's, it's everyone who has not felt seen in that spectrum of sexy and or sexual and getting to be seen in that. And it is, it is collections like this that give the opportunity for writers who don't feel identified as sexy or who haven't felt in the, the you know media norm as sexy to get to say indeed we are and to write effective, evocative, vibey stories that say, you know, that pr- not say it, prove it, that prove that, you know, the 98% of us that the media does not show as sexy, that indeed we are and we get to talk about that. So I think it, it way goes, but mine was this very, you know, definite slice of what Rachel said, you know, what it signaled in me about established relationships, long-term relationships, and that you've got so many things on your plate and, you know, you've already reached happily ever after that they talk about in the storybooks. What happens then? How do you maintain that happy when real, and I mean, everyone's felt this. Aaron was just talking about this, like everything gets so crushed, has gotten so crushed in the pandemic and hard what do you do to find that happy in little pockets of time? <laughs> like, you know, some, yeah, you, it's the opposite of the great, these really awesome escapist travel stories. It's like, no, we are stuck real hard at home <laughs> with little kids and no income. And so I, I think it's an opportunity to, to prove that, yeah, the rest of us get to be sexy too. I love that. And I think too, that our culture inundates us from very early on with this idea that there is the one and that are especially for women that the goal is to find that one and then once you've found that you're done like you've accomplished this thing that you're supposed to accomplish and that that everything else is is going to be like amazing without any effort and I think wedding culture is built around that I think romance culture especially heterosexual romance culture is built around that and that's what another reason I think is important, especially in erotica. And I know that this series has readers of various genders, even though it's called Best Women's Erotica. And I know that a lot of people in couples, whether together or you know half of a couple are reading it. I, that is why it is important to me. And I really go out of my way to emphasize that I want more couples in, in the stories, because I think that is important to see, for readers to see that happily ever after is really a beginning not it might be the end of a book but it's the beginning of of a life for for these characters okay before we have y'all read Adriana I have to say like I I have this one line I mean I have lines from all of your stories I am noting it in your story because I I not only felt seen in this I felt like exposed like your description of Freya I was like (gasps) oh no Oh no, not a tall but oh no, right? Like I was every very, day all day. Yes, I felt like borderline <laughs> yes, exposed in like an uncomfortable way. But you have this line that I would love for you to talk about. And I felt worshipped in Freya's hands. It was addictive. It was what I deserved. And I was like, that's a fucking mic drop right there. I've never read a protagonist, especially not one like the one that you have, say that. Like why, why have her express that I love it I mean again I think going even to what Angelina was saying like what we get to see as beauty right or what we to me like 
a fantasy for me is writing a fat black Latina who is literally like a goddess and who is like literally like wearing like hundreds of thousands of dollars in diamonds and like this like beautiful like butch lesbian dreamboat is like thinks she's like a fucking queen and so to me it's the idea that like Julissa knew she was everything and that what she deserved was a woman that like worshiped the ground she walked on because again it's like we rarely get to see for like those of us out here like in the plus size with like the curly hair and like the melanin like we rarely get to read about women who are us being the goddess and and knowing that right like being in a place in a relationship with someone who like looks at you like you are literally everything. Can I can go over one other line from the story? And before we, yes, so there's just another line that piggybacks off of that, where you wrote, she loved watching me walk in and out of rooms. And then there's more to that paragraph, but I just love even that concept, you know, of her being appreciated and, you know, seen as super sexy. And, and like you said, and welcoming that, because I think very often when we see fat or plus size protagonists, someone might feel that way about them, but they don't feel that way about themselves and can't fully appreciate it. And I think also even for us, right, like the objectification of like black bodies and, and fiction and, And I think to me, like, I mean, gaze is everything, right? And so how I write into that story has to reflect that to me, the center of the universe has to be this fat Black woman. Absolutely. We want to be respectful of everybody's time. So if y'all could go around and say what you are working on and or how people can find you, that'd be great. Rachel, I guess we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, I am writing a book for Cleo's Press about how to write erotica. And that's been really fun, a little challenging because I haven't written something like that before, but I'm trying to incorporate all the questions I get from authors and students. And I've also used it as an opportunity to pick the brains of a lot of other erotica writers and editors. And that's been really fun just to see what they say to similar questions to each other. And I am finalizing the table of contents for Best Women's Erotic of the Year, volume eight, which will be out in December, 2022. And I'm in, in probably January or February, I'll have the call up for volume nine. And by the time this airs, this will probably be public, but even if it's not, I'll just tell you all of you listening that the theme is gonna be temptation. So that's another pretty broad theme. And I'm excited to see what people come up with. Um, I am working on this historical, which again, feels like I've been writing for my whole life, but it was just this year. And then upcoming, I have with another four friends, we did a historical anthology last year called Duke, I'd like to F. And this year we're doing Rake, I'd like to F. And that's coming out November 30th. And I have a gay couple in that and it's inspired on John Singer Sargent which is random but I just really find him fascinating so it's a 
Latinx John Singer Sargent type. So that's my story. It's called Monsieur X. Oh, and you can find me at adrianaherreraromance.com. I have not been working on much, to be honest, but it's been one of those years, you know, but I have been trying to finish. I want, I'm writing a serial that's kind of a mixture of two of my universes coming together. One is from a book that I wrote, kind of in a shared universe called Perfect Matcha. And one of the side characters owns a sex toy shop. And so he goes to kind of like a world adult novelty convention, kind of like a sex toy convention. And then he meets another guy there and who is really into cuckolding and, and kind of lots of like group sex and stuff. <laughs> and, um, and so each serial is kind of them and what they do that night. And it involves a lot of my characters from the So Over the Holidays. So you're going to get to see Robin, who's one of, she's kind of the person that owns the, the sex toy brand in those books. And you'll get to see probably the, the characters from my book Party Favors, which is my FF romance. I, most of my characters are bi and they like to sleep with everybody. So I like to write them sleeping with everybody. And so that's kind of what I'm working on, but I have no idea when I'll finish it or <laughs> when it'll come out or anything. And, and next year I'm hoping to like fingers crossed, release some more from my so over the holidays. I'd really like to get out like a Thanksgiving book, a Halloween book, some of those. So we'll see if that happens or not, but that's the plan. And you can find me at erinmcclellan.com or Aaron McClellan writes that's Instagram. E McClellan writes is Twitter. So, and my newsletter you can find on my website. You were making a kid, so that definitely qualifies as doing a thing this year. Let's let's put that yeah. out there right now. It's been it's been a little rough with the pandemic and all kinds of stuff. So you're doing amazing, sweet. <laughs> Angelina? I in July 2022, I have a book called After Hours on Milagro Street coming out. It is a new book and a new series. It is a small town high heat. Contemporary about a Mexican-American middle sister and black sheep who returned to her small Kansas hometown to save the family bar and discovers this very well-intentioned but kind of idealistic East Coast professor standing in her way. So it's it's my family story. I am from Southeast Kansas. My Mexican-American family has been there since 1907, and it's kind of a little-known story about you know, that we Mexicans have been in this country for a very long time and been through the, running through the heart of the country for a very long time. And it's, I think it's a good time for people to embrace that story. So anyway, I'm very proud of this story and it's going to be coming out through Korean Press and they're doing a nice trade paperback release and I'll get to be in bookstores and all kinds of good fun stuff. So I'm very excited about that. And then you can find me at AngelinaMLopez.com. I'm at, at Angelina M. Lowe on Twitter and Instagram, and then author Angelina M. Lopez on TikTok, which is a whole new thing I'm doing because that's weird, <laughs> but it's fun. How are you liking TikTok? You know, it is, I've never had a platform grow as fast. I've never had the kind of enthusiasm the algorithm works. I find no social media to, I mean, like no media company is like devoid. They're going to like screw us all at one point. They just haven't yet. But the book talk community is incredible. And I've never had a platform grow as fast or as enthusiastically 
or spread my messages. I mean, you know, I've been on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook for a very long time and I, nothing has ever grown numbers like this. So just in terms of like authors out there who are looking like, it's weird and it's different, but I would highly recommend that that book talk community is passionate and encouraging. And yeah, and there's less, I, as a woman of color, I feel safer on it for whatever. I don't know if it's the algorithm or what, but that's probably too much of an answer right now. But yeah, it, it, I encourage it. it. I mean, right now, but again, keeping that they're all eventually trying to make money and use us as their tools. <laughs> I could have a really long conversation about this. <laughs> yes, I, I am anti-social media right now. I'm like, yeah, I've noticed. Whatever. Yeah. Yes, I am. No. Yeah, we could go. <laughs> we could, that, 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 was a, that was a question, Frances. Thank you. That could go on for a long time. But yeah, I've got lots of thoughts about it. But it's interesting I, right now. I enjoy following you on TikTok. I'm, I'm just a TikTok viewer as of now, although I did make a BW of the year on TikTok to eventually share videos. I just wanted to, I forgot to say where to find me. You can find me, yeah. Raquelita on Twitter and Rachel Kramer Bustle on Instagram. And my site is rachelkramerbustle.com. In the series, you can find out more at bwoftheyear.com or BW of the year on Twitter and best women's erotica on Instagram. And Ajana, I hope it's okay to say this, but you have another story coming out December 7th. In, yes, I do. Actually. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about that because there's a lot of amazing authors in that too. Thank you, Rachel. Yes, I do. It's a called Amor Actually, and it's a holiday anthology. And there's seven, it's all Latinx it's authors. And we were all doing like a different Christmas or they're very short, like novelettes really. And I have one called Make the Yuletide Gay. And it's about a Latina superstar that has, you know, had a, her very public breakup uh, again in, in the media. And she finally realizes that her true love is her female manager. And so that's my story. But there's all, all different stories, all different types of relationships, all different heat levels. <laughs> Mine, of course, has a higher heat level. And it's called more actually it's coming out December 7th. So if you're interested in really cute little stories that's coming in like a month, what's time? Exactly. Time is an illusion. Princess, any closing thoughts? No, thank you guys so much for joining us for this. This has been incredible. I am so happy right now. Listeners go out, pick up, the latest volume of Best Women's Erotica. Every story is so good. The way that all the different authors incorporate surprise into their stories, you're taken off guard in every one of them. Every one of them has something that will appeal to you. I was I was telling Karen earlier today of the stories to read. I was like, make sure you read Ohana, which is, I'm not gonna tell you what it's about. I'm just gonna say that it is the sweetest DP scene I have ever read. It's so warm and fuzzy. <laughs> You'll get that when you read it. But read each each story. Thank you guys so much for coming on and talking with us, reading and sharing. This has been a delight. Come back anytime. We are now officially best friends. 
Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. It was really Thank you for having us. It was great. Thank you so much. It was great to see you. Thank you for listening to Feminist Erotica. We're a podcast from Rebellious Magazine for Women, hosted by Princess McDowell and Karen Hawkins. Be sure to check out the description details of this episode to connect with us on social and subscribe to us wherever you devour your podcasts.